Hello, my name is Vance Need, and welcome to another episode of the PS Plus, a Living Faith Bible Institute podcast that serves as a companion to another called The Postscript. On that podcast, pastor and host Brandon Briscoe each week will speak with other pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute on a wide array of topics. While here on this podcast, the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of those topics that are being discussed and we'll dive in just a bit deeper. Now, today we're going to be concluding a conversation that we started around the book of Revelation and was really inspired by Pastor Greg Axe, our professor of eschatology here at LFBI, his latest book, Revelation Made Simple. So, let's do this thing. My hope is that this podcast series has been helpful to you. I think Revelation is a fascinating book. One of the things that we talked about way back in the beginning when we just started on this trek together is that we kind of think it's one of the most difficult books, but hopefully these these key principles from Revelation Made Simple have helped to make Revelation simple. So in that spirit, I want to take a look back and really briefly summarize some of those key aspects that we needed to help us understand Revelation. And that'll be the first half of our podcast today. And the second will be maybe some practical takeaways, some things I know that I've learned along the way, and and hopefully you have as well. So one of the first things that we looked at was Revelation 1.10, where John says that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And if you remember, We spend a lot of time looking at the Lord's Day and the fact that it's not Sunday, but that any time that we see a particular day that's associated with judgment and with glory and with the Lord finally getting what is due to him, well, that happens to be the day of the Lord. And we also saw that every time in Revelation we see in the Spirit, well, John happens to move locations. And so when we put these two things together, what we found, John being in the Spirit on the Lord's day, was John taken to a future point in time, the day of the Lord. That was an event that was future to John at the time that he was writing the book, which was 100 AD, and future still to us, because that event obviously has not happened yet. Now, the second thing that we took a look at was Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, which says, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And what we saw with this particular passage is that this kind of gives us three sections of Revelation, three distinct parts of the book. The things thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And in conjunction with John being in the Spirit on the Lord's Day, what we saw is that John's present, like where he was in time, is shifted. Our present right now, you and I, dear listeners, is in 2021 at the time this is being recorded and and, and airing out on the internets, I guess. Well, the events of Revelation are largely future to us, with the exception of chapters 1 through 3, and that's because John's vantage point from the day of the Lord transported him into the future. And what we saw is that those chapters 1 through 3, particularly the parts that outline the seven historical letters to the seven churches, also neatly coincide with seven periods in church history, the last one being the letter to the Laodicean church, which we call the Laodicean church age. So if the day of the Lord 
is a future event, and John is transported into the future, that as he looks back into the past, into the church age, chapters 1 through 3 become the past to him. The day of the Lord, chapters 4 through 19, which outline the tribulation and second advent of Christ, that becomes his present, and the millennial reign and eternity future, that becomes John's future. Now, we also saw with this, not only does Revelation 1.19 give us divisions in the book, but we, we also saw those clear divisions because of the two times in which heaven opens. Heaven opens in chapter 4, verse 1, and it opens in chapter 19, verse 11. The difference being, in the first time that heaven opens, 4.1, someone, John, goes up. And the second time heaven opens... Someone comes down, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so what we see is very clear divisions of the book where those two markers, heaven opening and heaven opening again, those two divisions neatly split Revelation into three parts. The things which thou hast seen, the past for John, the things which are the present for John, the things that thou hast seen, Revelation 1 through 3, the things which are, Revelation 4 through 19, and the things which shall be hereafter, Revelation 20 through 22. Now, along with that, one of the interesting things that we saw was, particularly in Revelation chapter 4, 1, when we see heaven opened. Let's, let's read it to jog our memory. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. Now, the reason why this verse was of particular importance is because someone goes up into heaven after heaven is open, and that someone is John. And what we saw through studying and comparing Scripture with Scripture is that John here, and his going up into heaven, pictures the church being raptured and going up into heaven. Some of the ways in which we saw this was first knowing that the day of the Lord where John is transported to. Well, that's a day of great wrath. We, we saw that in lots, lots of different places. Isaiah 2.12, you see that in Joel. You see it in lots of different places in the Bible. But also we know that the church is promised to be kept from wrath. And 1 Thessalonians is a great book that outlines this very clearly. And another thing that we saw is that in almost every instance that the word church or churches appears, it's in chapters 1 through 3, which is focused on what? Well, the church age, you see it appear a bunch there. But after chapter 4, verse 1, we only see the mention of churches one more time, and it's in Revelation 22. So something something is happening where we see churches a whole bunch during the church age, and then we don't see it again until after Jesus Christ comes to rule and reign in the millennial kingdom. And again, remembering those divisions that we talked about earlier, dividing Revelation into three sections. The middle section, Revelation chapters 4 through 19, is the tribulation period. It's where we see the accounts of Christ's coming, his second advent, and really the events that immediately precede it. And remember that that time of tribulation, according to Jeremiah 37, is the time of Jacob's trouble. And so we hold a view based off of the clear evidence of Scripture that the church is going to be raptured before the events of Christ's second coming. Now, our last bit of review, if you noticed, we said that chapters 4 through 19, they give the different accounts of Christ's second advent, and that's because when we compare Scripture with Scripture, 
what we find is that just as there are four accounts of Christ's first coming, we find four accounts of Christ's second coming. And what we saw in Revelation 6, 12 through 17, 11, 15 through 19, 14, 14 through 20, and 19, 11 through 16, is that these four passages in Scripture conclude a separate pass through the tribulation. And so each time we get to that section, we're seeing a different vantage point of Christ's second advent. So in light of all of those things that we just reviewed based off of some of the things we've been looking at over these past episodes, I want to share with you some things that were personally impactful for me. And the first is going to be just the importance of study and the fact that words mean things. And we mentioned this in a previous episode, but it would be really easy for us to read something like the Lord's Day and just assume that assume that that's a Sunday. Now, if we were to think that, well, we saw that that's somewhat logical, right? We We have the Lord's Day on Sunday. That's the day in which Christians most often choose to hold their services to worship the Lord. But when it comes to God's Word, we have to make sure that we're actually looking at God's Word to help derive what it says. In other words, the Word has to be rightly divided, just like it says in in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. And hopefully what you've been able to see is just how important it is to make right divisions in our Bible. Another key takeaway that I know that I've I've seen from this study and from reading Greg's book and taking the Daniel and Revelation eschatology class in LFBI is just details about today's church. Remember we mentioned that the Laodicean church represents an age of Christianity in which we currently live. And what we saw just by reading that that section of scripture is that today's church It's characterized by mediocrity, by lukewarmness. And this isn't a place to puff ourselves up. You know, I'm not not looking at this as saying those guys over there got it wrong, but us LFBI folk, we got it right. But we do need to be aware of the context of the world that we're living in. And so with that, today's church is blind to what it lacks. And so what scripture says is that the Laodicean church thinks that it's rich and increased with goods and has need of nothing, but actually it's wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked, so it doesn't even know how bad of a state that it's in. And again, I'm not here to call out any particular denominations or any particular leaders. You can have that fun on your own. (laughs) But how many times have you looked at those in kind of the mainstream Christian circles and you'll see lots lots of seemingly good things happening, people that are that are being told to to do good and to treat their wives and their husbands well and to raise nice, respectable kids, but that miss the fact that the reason why we're still on planet Earth is because we have a mission to do, and the only way to accomplish that mission is desperation on Jesus Christ and Him working through us. Now, the encouraging thing about this is that in spite of all the things that we just read, Jesus Christ is still willing to work in and through those that would simply heed the call to obey and to serve him. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. And that's, that's just like Jesus, right? 
He's, he's constantly giving opportunities for individuals to come to him. And so I think lastly, my key takeaway is simply Jesus Christ is worthy to be worshiped. And Revelation, you, you get this picture of Christ, him coming in all of his glory. And when I consider who he is in light of who I am, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And this book, Revelation, allows us to see what happens when Christ finally gets the honor and the praise and the glory that is due his name. And as a result of reading it, I think the only things our hearts can cry out for is, even so, come Lord Jesus. As always, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. If this series of podcasts on Revelation has been of any interest at all to you, I know I've said it a billion times, but I'll say it again. Revelation Made Simple by Pastor Greg Axe is going to be a great help for you. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen, and I hope to talk to you next time. Take care. Take care.